Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? My guests today are Brady Bell, Matt Hill, Paul Isham, and Richard Allen. They are partners in a couple of businesses based out of Evergreen, Colorado. Pure Spectrum CBD and New World Hemp Consultants. So, gentlemen, welcome to the iHemp Revolution. Good morning. It's great to be here. Thank you, Freddie. Good morning. Good morning. Let's start with you, Brady. Can you give us a little background about yourself and how you got started and just why industrial hemp? Yeah, I uh, moved out to Denver, Colorado in May of 2011, and I was transferred out here with a company I was working for, which was in the software business. And once I got out here, I was just infatuated with the cannabis business and always kind of had an interest in it. So while I was out uh, supposed to be soliciting businesses for software, I was out submitting resumes to every dispensary that was looking for help. Um, after a few months of doing that, I actually got a call to uh, to trim some cannabis at a local dispensary uh, for $10 an hour, and that was my start. Um, I, I worked at a dispensary for a little over a year and a half, uh, helped grow that to a pretty decent-sized uh, business. I uh, went out and got my own, and uh, that's kind of shortly after I got my own dispensary is when I was uh, introduced to a, uh, a rare genetic that expressed really high amounts of CBD and very minimal traces of uh, THC, um, which we deem as uh, industrial hemp. Um, Once I started researching it and seeing all the purposes, you know, I saw the big picture of this entire market, and that's what led me to uh, industrial hemp. And currently what we do is we focus on the medicinal aspects of uh, the hemp plant and not so much the industrial aspects, Um, and that's what Pure Spectrum does today. Okay. How about you, Matt? Uh, I came to uh, be in this industry uh, by starting out on the original side of the uh, marijuana THC side uh, business model about two and a half years ago. Helped build up a uh, business in the marijuana side for medicinal marijuana in Colorado on uh, the vape pen and oil concentrate side and uh, started to look around and realized that what I perceived was a sleeping giant was slowly waking up uh, called industrial hemp and uh, decided I wanted to look at that in addition to the medicinal aspects that CBD offers. And uh, that's that's pretty much how I got here, and I think we're, as you do, Coach Freddie, in the middle of paddling out to catch that first big wave, so that's why I'm here, and I'm excited. Paul, how about yourself? Okay, I, um, <laughs> I moved to Colorado much like Brady did uh, about five and a half years ago based on a uh, technology uh, acquisition and the choices were Boston or Denver. Uh, my wife forced me to move to Denver. Uh, she likes skiing, but 
I've been in technology about 32 years. Um, I look at things and, and see this market from a technological standpoint and how um, technology innovation can support um, you know new advances in the medical aspect uh, and industrial aspects of hemp. Uh, I met a gentleman named David Bush um, about three years ago, and he introduced me to what was then called uh, the Rocky Mountain Hemp Association and Zev Pass. And from there, and I know you know David, uh, we co-founded uh, the Industrial Hemp Research Foundation in January of 2015. Um, from there, I began to look at areas and avenues that uh, industrial hemp um, could uh, or cannabis in general could uh, assist, and the industrial hemp became a fiscal sponsor for another nonprofit that was not set up as a 501c3 like we are, um, and then began to create relationships with CU Boulder, um, University of Colorado, and uh, Colorado State University in Fort Collins for research. And I ran into Brady, Matt, and Rich uh, in and among those activities and around um, – uh, those meetings and became interested in the consulting side, which is what New World Hemp Consultants is, uh, how you help people that may not have as deep of a business background uh, successfully uh, launch, run, and operate and manage a uh, hemp-related or cannabis-related business. Richard, you're next. What's your background? Well, I come from a very varied background. Uh, I'm trained as an engineer, uh, and I've been involved in many entrepreneurial uh, opportunities from publishing to real estate development. But how I came to the cannabis side of things, uh, my first career was in professional skiing, and I beat my body up pretty well. Um, long story short, many operations, I'm a mechanical man. And uh, about 10 years ago, I got hooked on opioids uh, after one of my back operations. Uh, what got me off opioids was cannabis. And um, I took the cannabis to a different level. I did a lot of research like Brady. I found out the opportunities that were available in the cannabis plant. And the opportunity Matt talked about, the two and a half years we've been spending together, I'm the CEO of a marijuana-infused products manufacturing company that works on the medicinal side. Uh, that said, since I've gotten into the marijuana end, through Paul Isham, I've learned quite a bit about the CBD side of things and the research that's available. And uh, in the last six months, just as a personal story, uh, I've been on cannabis uh, hemp oil and uh, my body feels better than it's felt since I was 25 years old, and I'm now 65 years old. And I have a dog with cancer who we were told would pass away three months ago, and we started giving him the CBD oil, and he's still with us today and doing well. I don't know if we'll have a miracle and he'll be cured, but he certainly, his life has been extended by it. So. My bottom line is I've done a lot of things in my life to make money. Uh, at this point, I'd like to do something that's good and leave something behind that will help society. And I firmly believe CBD is that product. Brady, how do you think the industrial hemp industry is doing right now? 
you know, as a whole, I think Colorado has set a very good baseline and a foundation for what the hemp industry is going to be. Um, it's still very new. Uh, I think we're only in the first harvest uh, grown legally in the United States since the Prohibition days. It was in 2014 by a group, you know, from Colorado out in Pueblo. So there's still a lot of learning to do. Um, there's a lot of education to do. Um, you know, on the mass, on the whole of the masses, I still think industrial hemp gets confused with marijuana. Um, that right there shows me that the education needs to take place um, to actually make this, you know, industry where it needs to go and where it's going to go. So I think the original pioneers that have went out and uh, started the foundation have done very well. Uh, I commend everybody that's uh, taken a lot of arrows and put themselves in the forefront of this business. Uh, but I think it's just going to continue to grow, continue to mature, and uh, that's what we're all here to do is, is help that phase. So, Paul, how do you see hemp changing our culture in the near future? Well, and, and part of the reason that we uh, took our little trip to Kansas and, and um, testified in the State House in Topeka a couple of weeks ago was just to answer that question. I mean, as a the executive director of the foundation, uh, which is a, a nonprofit 501c3 volunteer organization, we understand that you know there's a paradigm in this country, and it's based around laws and regulations that are imposed upon the complete United States. Um, that limit what can be done, what can be uh, leveraged, and how things can be done. And and our hope and and our and as Brady said, uh, our purpose with educating the public, educating far the farming community, educating the medical community, um, and and organ universities and academic institutions is to let them know that there is. Um, a a valid reason to continue researching uh, industrial hemp and in the various areas where it could benefit business. We are behind other countries uh, in the world. Uh, we are the largest consumer of finished hemp products in the world. Um, we have the opportunity to let America uh, as a country use what it became uh, a power buy is with its agriculture. And I grew up in an agricultural community, and I watched a town die because we didn't have enough business. And hemp is one of those plants that's been on this earth for close to 20,000 years that we know of, and it wouldn't have been here for if there was no reason. Uh, it, if you look at the plant for its inherent value, you then can see the different avenues and channels that can be exploited with with this plant and its um, its uh, benefits and its uh, end products if you if you approach it in the right way and through approaching it the right way you begin to develop that educational information that can help change laws change people's minds correct perceptions that are that are incorrect and also continue to push this this momentum that's already growing uh, as as Brady elaborated on uh, although it's growing in a state by state and unique to each state fashion research done in Kansas will be very different from research 
and and realizations and findings uh, conducted in Colorado, Oregon, Nevada, Illinois, North Carolina. So we have to look at what each area and region, you know, agricultural region of this country can deliver and and bring that to its best business outcome, and that's what the consultancy, um, the purpose of the consultancy, uh, will hope to do. Matt, what is your vision, the future of hemp, and where do you see your business in three years from now? Gosh, those are two great questions, Freddie. I think the the I see our business uh, three years from now with uh, helping people find relief for their different issues and, and uh, ailments, as it were, with a natural method versus a, uh, a lab-grown method. So that's number where I see us in three years. Uh, I think the opportunities for hemp uh, in terms of applications are, going, are, are so vast. I think it's going to be one of those questions, Freddie, where, we, we, where ultimately we're in a shift right now of determining how we're going to live and how we're going to work in our future. And can we continue to to do things in a way that is not sustainable? The beauty I see in hemp is that you can take a plant and you can build a large percentage of what you would need for a home out of a single plant and not waste anything. Uh, so the applications for the future are amazing. Uh, I think they're limitless only by our imagination and the fact that we've been bound not to be able to use this, not being able to use this plant since 1937 or so. Um, so that's, that's where I see us and, and, you know, it's a blue sky thing, but hopefully I see hemp as being integrated into a more sustainable model that the world can embrace to try and get along versus, uh, compete against each other. Richard, hemp is starting to make its comeback right now. How do you think the industrial hemp industry is doing now? Uh, I think the hemp industry is doing phenomenal right now. If, if you want to just take the United States, for example, uh, you know, we have had no hemp production since 1937. And uh, when California passed their first marijuana laws, I think we started changing our perception on what cannabis can do for us. Uh, again, I bring it back to the wellness aspect of things. And Paul had mentioned uh, that we really need research to know exactly what we can do. Right now, we have no empirical data on CBD or CBN or any of the nearly other 100 cannabinoids that are in the plant. And until we have clinical trials and scientific research, we won't have the empirical data necessary for physicians and clinicians to formulate the pharmaceuticals or the nutraceuticals and the doctors to be able to prescribe it. So um, I think for us, it was an interesting question where you asked Matt, for pure spectrum CBD in three years, we're committed to revolutionizing the CBD wellness industry. And if I were to give you a company mission, it would be to set a new higher standard for the manufacturing of CBD wellness products. But with that said, our initial objectives, because this is a long-term goal, our initial objectives are to stay at the forefront of medicinal CBD research and developing the purest, most reliable wellness products that can be made on the world today. And that won't happen until the research is completed. So one of our big goals short-term, although we will be 
selling CBD products is to help people fund that research. So we have a foundation upon which uh, we can form our company. And, and Coach, if this is Paul, if I could add to what Rich said, he's he's absolutely correct. Uh, there are some there. There's, in my opinion, there's there's really three clear top priority challenges uh, that are holding the hemp market back in the U.S. right now. It, it's people can Google and and understand that we spend a half a billion dollars a year uh, purchasing hemp products that are imported. We know that that there have been uh, agricultural department and other research organization studies conducted that say if we turn that around by the year 2020, uh, we could be exporting over a billion dollars, maybe a billion and a half in categories like food, CBD, uh, consumer products, textiles, um, and, you know, other industrial applications, building materials. But the three things that keep popping into my mind and keep I keep wrestling with and talking uh, to legislators and and universities about are um, the federal government has to be convinced that there is a difference. Number one, uh, first and foremost, between industrial hemp, the the hemp plant, and marijuana, although they all fall under the cannabis umbrella. Secondly, is ensuring, and again, as I talked about how things differ between states, is ensuring seed quality and availability state by state and, and agri-region by agri-region because it will be different um, in different soil, sandy loam, or, or very rich dirt like Kentucky uh, regions. And then, of course, how do you regulate and manage farm uh, programs and pesticides? Uh, if we're going to become an, if, if hemp is going to be that large, um, uh, critical mass uh, commodity crop in this country again, those three things have to be absolutely managed and, and uh, governed correctly. So there are challenges. It, it, it is no hidden uh, um, item. It, it, it is well known. And it's the people that help move that move, go, go beyond those hurdles are going to be the ones that help accelerate this, you know, into the U.S. again. I know you have some research projects that you're currently working on. Would you like to tell us about them? Yeah. So um, when we, when David and I co-founded the Industrial Hemp Research Foundation, we immediately, in addition to applying for our 501c3 status, which is uh, federally approved across the U.S., uh, we created relationships in Colorado with uh, University of Colorado and Colorado State University, in particular at University of Colorado and in their neurosciences department. Uh, the executive uh, director is a gentleman named Bob Sievers. Uh, there is a, a professor, Monica Fleschner, who works for Bob in the neurophysiology department. Um, she is on our board. And she had, we are currently, and if you go to our website, you can see uh, the outline of these projects. We are currently um, sponsoring three uh, particular uh, projects that are surrounding uh, the CBD um, and the cannabinoid uh, or the uh, area. And one of them is called the SOMA project. Uh, the SOMA project is basically focused on prevention and um, treatment of uh, negative uh, effects of stress, anxiety, 
uh, uh, on mental and physical health. And it's a very involved project uh, that is uh, going to begin as a preclinical project that was really, as Monica tells, and, and what we will be presenting um, uh, in future uh, uh, um, expos and overviews, uh, was really inspired by uh, to Monica by the old Aldous Huxley uh, novel uh, entitled A Brave New World. And he envisions a world that's, uh, you know, has eliminated unhappiness, stress, anxiety, um, based upon a small white pill called Soma, hence the name the Soma Project. And the compounds that will be uh, discovered through this research um, will be used to combat anxiety-like symptoms, uh, also uh, focused on schizophrenia, um, other disorders like stuttering, uh, and also now recently, since the uh, NFL has admitted to Congress that um, there is a direct correlation between concussions and CTE, she has now included that into the uh, factors uh, for what this, this research uh, will uh, attempt to um, uh, play out and, and document as the, uh, as the findings. It's about an 18-month project, and it will spawn additional projects that will go into in each of these individual areas in more detail because of all the different cannab uh, cannabinoid receptors that the human body has. I would like to talk about the time we met at the courthouse in Topeka, Kansas. I was an ambassador on the hemp road trip. And tell us why that you were there and what was your purpose for being there? Yeah, this is Brady again. Uh, I'm originally from Kansas. Um, and so we were actually going out to Kansas to discuss an economic development plan for a small town in uh, central Kansas. Um, so we had been planning that for, gosh, a couple of weeks. And so we went out there to speak uh, a couple of days before we had left. We got asked uh, by Willie Dove, who's one of the state representatives, um, to actually speak at the Capitol about the same same stuff that we we're going to be speaking about in Kingman. So this is kind of a weird timing thing. Um, we went out to uh, Kingman, Kansas. Uh, we spoke with their county and their city, um, powers of be, I guess, about the possibilities of what industrial hemp could do for their economy and what it could do for the farmers as well. Um, <clears throat> we took that same kind of mission to the Capitol. And, uh, Paul, I'll let you can kind of go ahead and take it from here. Uh, about what you discussed and uh, where we met you at. Right. And so um, we were asked by uh, Willie Dove, who is, uh, as Brady said, the representative for the 38th district in Kansas, to testify um, about the benefits and um, value to primarily the agricultural side of um, Kansas um, potential. And, they were struggling, as he explained to me, um, with the passage of this bill to simply allow test pilots, uh, pilot pl uh, plots to be grown within the state without uh, having uh, DEA or, or um, legal um, uh, penalties you know, uh, assessed on farmers that wish to uh, trial this product. And so our testimony was built and based around uh, the validation of the hemp plant itself, 
uh, how it can benefit uh, the uh, dryland farming that might have to occur in southwestern Kansas and how it can continue to replenish the soil. Um, a, a lot of the struggles that a farming or a farming region um, have are based upon the the um, remediation of the soil, uh, the ability to create yet another rotational crop for the existing crops that are growing, alfalfa, wheat, cotton, uh, etc., that take from the soil. Uh, what we testified for is that this is actually a crop that gives back to the soil. Now, in the Farm Bill, and I think everybody on this call knows that uh, Section 7606 of the Farm Bill um, did allow in states that have laws that are friendly to uh, test growth of industrial hemp um, to do this for, you know, in conjunction with universities and state departments of agriculture uh, to grow and cultivate hemp if that hemp is cultivated for research purposes alone uh, under an approved agricultural pilot program and also if the laws of that state allow that institution or, or uh, department to um, conduct that research. Well, those are two bullet points that severely restrict broad, um, uh, uh, you know, testing of, of um of the industrial hemp, and although the law did pass, or the bill did pass in Kansas, I think uh, Brady, correct me, was uh, about a week and a, about a week and a half ago. Um, yeah. It limited them severely to what they can and cannot do, as opposed to Colorado, which just went ahead and changed the law across the board related to all cannabis products. So there there are nuances that affect state to state what can be done and and that is where the challenges lie because in essence our government is slowing down progress because of these little nuances that are being included into uh, the specific bills based on the state's uh, proposals and we in our testimony um, and also there I, I testified along with a, uh, a local Colorado farmer who has been growing hemp for quite some time. Uh, his name is Rick Trojan. He'll also uh, be at the Northern Colorado Hemp Expo uh, presenting um, uh, another uh, program there. We don't expect every state to follow Colorado's model exactly. What we expect are states to create those proposals for the passage of bills and laws that are specific to their, as I said before, agri-environment, that make the state house, the Senate, uh, the other law-creating uh, uh, entities within those states understand that this is a benefit to the farming communities in these predominantly agricultural states. And it is a boon to, to industry. It is a benefit to their land itself, and as more research is conducted, it will innovate the way that farming is done today as opposed to the way we thought and farmed and produced products back in the 1930s 
because of what we have available to us. And again, I go back to my technology roots and think about the way the Internet of Things can benefit farming, how uh, technology innovation can benefit farming uh, advances, and also on the medical side. And this is where uh, we expect the University of Colorado research uh, projects to make new discoveries that we didn't even imagine. And, and that's the exciting part about this. This is, this is the dot-com era of a, of a organic plant. Anything else that you guys would like to add? Coach, this is Paul. Uh, one of the things I would like to add, and you know, the, the funding of research is, is of an utmost importance. And in order for your listeners and, and within your business network and all of our business networks, uh, to, to make it easy for people to, to understand and help support this, I have set up a crowdfunding site that can be um, uh, leveraged to collect uh, charitable donations on behalf of, the, of this uh, industrial hemp uh, academic research. Uh, it is an Indiegogo uh, project. If anyone is interested, they can go to a website called generosity.com and click on fundraising and then just look up industrial hemp academic research and the crowdfunding site is there and that will go directly uh, all donations are 100 percent tax deductible because if we are a 501c3 and all funds will go directly to uh, all of these various research projects that we're supporting so is there anything else before we wrap this up no nope. Thank, Thank you very you so much. much. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking the time and uh, having us be on your radio show. Appreciate it. And yeah. Thank you. Well, you keep, doing, keep doing your thing. Thank you. And we look forward to our personal uh, interview in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. That's what we're going to be doing. So. I want to thank each one of you for being a guest on the IHAMP Revolution. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review. Follow us on Facebook.com forward slash IHAMP Revolution. And then like us. And tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.